and welcome to the Cambridge Assessment Podcast. I'm Ashley Capaldi and with me today is Paul Steer, who is Head of Policy at our UK exam board, OCR. Paul, you're going to share your predictions around what to expect in the world of qualifications in England for 2019, starting with the yet-to-be-rolled-out T-level qualifications. Okay, well, I'll do my best. Uh, The recently updated T-level action plan uh, reveals a major programme of work and it's gathering momentum. The multiple strands of activity covered by the plan and the accompanying announcements from the Secretary of State are really comprehensive. This includes details of colleges, schools and other providers eligible for delivering the first wave of T-levels in 2020. Analysis, lessons learned from the industry placement pilots, plans to develop higher level technical qualifications, new accountability measures to cover achievements in T-level programmes, the establishment of skills advisory panels, proposed funding arrangements, Ofqual's announcements about its approach to regulating T-level qualifications, arrangements for recruiting and supporting T-level teachers, and perhaps one of the simpler achievements, agreement that UCAS points will apply to T-levels. Right, so that's an impressive list, but of course there's always more to be done, isn't there? Yes. So, the Secretary of State for for Education in England, Damien Hines, has promised future announcements about a transition year. This is a programme to support people entering post-16 education who, for a variety of reasons, are not yet ready to embark on a full Level 3 programme. This is hardly new territory. Such young people have always existed and the schools and colleges have developed many approaches to supporting them. But there's an opportunity here to establish a more formally recognised and hopefully uh, properly funded approach. Uh, and we are awaiting details which should be coming out in earlier, early this year. OK, and when exactly can we expect T-levels to actually start being taken by students in England? Okay, so the DfE's taken uh, what I see as a wise approach to managing the arrival of T-levels in a contained and phased manner. For T-levels to be a success and for the interests of the first T-level students to be protected, we have to guarantee quality in all aspects of the programme from the outset. Uh, And it's particularly important for those learners in the first wave. This is why it was a correct decision to delay two of the pathways originally scheduled for first teaching in 2021, but there will be some learners ready for first teaching 2021. Okay, and now what about A-levels and GCSEs, which have just been through a period of reform? Okay, so unlike T-levels, the new reformed A-levels and GCSEs are now largely in place. We're now in a phase of reviewing how the qualifications are bedding in and what changes or improvements might be needed. This ongoing monitoring is carried out by the regulator, Ofqual, working in conjunction with the exam boards, has resulted in the publication of some interesting technical reports. Examples of this include two investigations into comparability, one looking at A-levels in French, German and Spanish, and one looking at A-level sciences. Questions about the level of difficulty of one subject in relation to another are always fraught with complexity and contention. For example, the perceived difficulty uh, that is often voiced about language qualifications is blamed by some for the continuing decline in uptake of these subjects. 
In its report, Ofqual makes the case for the status quo, though, although it promises further monitoring and research in the coming years. It also argues that it would be wrong to lower standards in order to make to make a subject more popular than others. Right, and I understand Ofqual has also released a report on marking, so something we as an assessment body are always very interested in. Yeah. Yeah. So there's another report in which Ofqual looks at the quality of marking of examiners uh, and the outcomes of reviews of that marking. Uh, the conclusions of the m- most recent report are reassuring, um, although the report highlights a particularly well-known difficulty around arriving at consistent views of what should be the, quote, right mark for extended essays in subjective subjects such as English. Getting the balance right between exams that encourage and reward uh, individual thinking and creativity and exams which have just one right or wrong answer will always be a challenge. Nevertheless, this is a really important matter and we at the exam boards and the regulator are right to continue this conversation and to do so in an open and transparent way. Uh, so that we're always open to exploring new ways of improving the quality and consistency of marks across all subjects. But all in all, would you say A-level and GCSE reform seems to have gone off without a hitch? Yes, yes, so far. I mean, the, the, the technical evidence, this isn't about the content of the qualifications, but how they perform as qualifications uh, shows that they are performing well. Some subjects may be subject to further changes, sometimes at short notice, as we've seen with computer science GCSE. But overall, we seem to be heading for a period of stability, and hopefully there'll be time to work on system improvements and issues of key importance, such as comparability and quality of marking. However, if general qualifications look set for a period of bedding in, vocational qualifications are heading for yet another period of review. We're expecting the Department for Education to launch a consultation on the future of vocational qualifications early this year, probably in February, uh, and with further reviews and consultations to follow. The aim is to ensure that the department funds far fewer vocational qualifications than it does now, leading to, as they would put it, a simpler, more rational qualification system. We anticipate it will consult on criteria for determining which qualifications should survive such a review. And there'll be criteria covering things like, I imagine, purpose of the qualifications, market recognition, rigour, and crucially, their relationship with any future T-level qualifications. So that sounds like another ambitious review in itself. Yes, yeah, okay. So the review is definitely ambitious, uh, with the intention, probably in the following order, to review all post-16 level 3 vocational qualifications, and that will include those known as applied general qualifications, higher level vocational qualifications, level 2 and below, and then... Uh, also looking at pre-16 vocational qualifications, the sort used in school performance tables alongside GCSEs. Not only is this a big undertaking in terms of volumes of qualifications involved, but it forces difficult questions about the range and purpose of qualifications and the sorts of learning we wish our young people to have access to. The process of consultation may be starting soon, but I think reaching decisions and implementing them looks set to be long and drawn out. 
So why take on such a huge and possibly arduous task? Why is it so important? Hmm, yeah, okay. So the thinking around what is needed in level two and below provision for 16 to 19 year olds seems underdeveloped. The answer will need to be much more sophisticated than providing the proposed transition year. And Ofsted has recently pointed this out in a thematic review of, uh, of level two and below post-16 provision. Uh, whilst also making strong case that young people who find themselves in this category of provision are often treated by politicians as, quote, other people's children. Yeah. Of course, the Department for Education and the school's watchdog Ofsted are not the only bodies having a look at vocational qualifications. Teams within Ofqual, uh, the English Exams and Qualifications Regulator, that have responsibility for vocational qualifications have doubled in number over the last year or so. Uh, quite rightly, Ofqual's keen to play its part in informing the review of all vocational qualifications. It's already committed to a full review of non-examined assessment in vocational qualifications. This sort of uh, local assessment by teachers or trainers um, doing the assessment in situ has long been a, a kind of... Uh, critical part of vocational qualification design. Um, but lately, there's been a loss of faith in it from some regulators and policymakers. In a high stakes, highly accountable system, we see concerns growing about the risks of malpractice or poor practice, where responsibility for assessment and some of its quality assurance rests with the institutions, which are the same institutions that are rewarded for the outcomes. It's still early days, but this issue is bound to rise up the agenda next year as the review of vocational qualifications gathers a pace. Well, we'll watch that space on your recommendation, Paul. OK, well, as you know, predicting the future is a mugs game at the best of times. So please treat these views uh, of where qualifications might be headed in the next year with the right spirit of scepticism. Duly noted, and thanks so much for those predictions for 2019. We'll have to revisit them this time next year and see what you got right. And thank you all for listening to the Cambridge Assessment Podcast. We spoke today with Paul Steer, Head of Policy at OCR. You can find more podcasts on our iTunes and YouTube channels and by searching for Podcast Gallery on our website. That's www.cambridgeassessment.org.uk.